first things that we can possibly be able to start with is on the overall performance uh, of the market last week, uh, looking directly on the Nairobi Securities Exchange. Eric, we saw that last week a lot of stuff were happening on the market where we are seeing um, a lot of guys, you know, a lot of positive sentiment from the market, looking at it from a week-on-week um, point of view. We saw the NSC 20 share index, the NSC 25, and the NSC all share index literally be on the positive edge where the all share index was up 2.8% uh, to close the week at 186.33 basis points. Uh, we also saw the 25 share index up about 2.69%. And also the all the 20 share index was also up about 2.79%. Um, Eric, we're looking at this data and it's very interesting. Do you think or would you suggest that the market is probably turning positive or is it just data that is speaking in from, from a few stocks? Uh, considering that last week we saw a lot of activity from the banking sector, the banking stocks um, coming in hot during the week. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is something that we should probably expect this week or it's something in, from your personal perspective if I give that to you? Uh, it's good to know that, look, this is my personal opinion and in any way this doesn't uh, uh, equate to some sort of investment advice. Maybe the most interesting bit is that the NSC 20 share index, which is the benchmark of uh, the top 20 uh, best performing companies, uh, hit the, the 2000 benchmark, which is quite significant. It's sort of a psychological yeah. uh, benchmark. Yeah. If anything below that, we know the market is underperforming. Anything yeah. above that, guys, will turn uh, bullish, right? Yeah. Uh, Touch the 2000 barrier, which is quite uh, good. A, a, a good mark. I think we just the onset of us getting into some sort of a, look, I can't really call it a bull run, <laughs> yeah. but we should expect some sort of run uh, before the look before the election. I think a few months before the elections, we might see uh, foreigners exiting, if, uh, depending on how, depending on the uh, political temperature, right? Yeah, but I think uh, it's going to be an interesting few months in the local market. We, we should expect quite a lot of activity. Uh, and, and looking at the twenty, uh, the two thousand barrier, mostly that's been led by Safaricom, which touched an all-time uh, high in the previous week. A few banks, of course, driven by for, uh, some good, impressive uh, half-year results. We've seen uh, KCB Equity posting some extremely good results. I think we should expect the same for the remaining banks. Uh, Stamchart released their results today, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we should expect uh, the rest should be coming in the course of the week uh, because uh, I also expect uh, banks like APSA um, to release their results uh, this particular week uh, around Thursday. There, but I think it's quite uh, for local markets. I think we are it's the start of something that's gonna be. Uh, that's gonna be a good job. I, I personally don't know because I'm I'm looking at it from another angle, Eric. Do you think the market really rallied to a higher perspective? Because in my opinion, I think uh, to higher 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 um higher levels okay. where we're seeing both the local uh, the local market uh, and this rally is really being fueled by Safari Common the banks, where we're looking at it's not only Safcom that was on the gain and uh, hit last week. The total market activity for last week um was at, uh, I think, 4, 4 billion? Yes, at 4.5 billion. And we're seeing Safaricom coming in and trading about 50%. That is 2.3 billion of the total market activity. Last week was just carried by one company, which I think we've always mentioned that that would be a risk for the company. But also to investors, if you're looking at how the other markets performed, how the other securities performed, we're seeing um, East African breweries here as well at 20%, equity group 9.9%. So can you imagine the top five companies that were trading on the exchange had 95.5%. So five companies alone are holding close to 96% of the total market activity on the exchange, which I think is a very risky affair, uh, at least for now. And also we're seeing that as much as these companies are gaining, I know last week there are a lot of other things that happened. We saw Safaricom. Um, raised all the way past about 45, though it came down later in the week and closed at 44 shillings and 45 cents. But equity group went as high as 55, came down to 52 as well after they released the results. KCB group was also up to 50, dropped a bit as well to 47. 
and structures as well. So we're seeing a lot of interest in 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 this um, in, in the banking sector and also in the in Safaricom, which has really dominated activity on the exchange. But it's also a risky affair considering that the lower band of the stocks are really not as performing as guys would really be hoping. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking on the loser side, NBV, which has actually been uh, a top, sort of been a top a top company, you know, a lot of guys have been looking at Nairobi business ventures for the past um, the past like six months. NBV has held the the year-to-year activity on the Nairobi Securities Exchange in terms of performance. But now we're seeing um, NBV coming out and NBV is back to five shillings and 92 cents. Uh, it's almost losing the, I think NBV is no longer the top performer on the Nairobi Securities Exchange uh, in terms of um, in terms of stock performance, which I think is something that I know a lot of guys are probably hoping would be able to sustain uh, for very long time. And let me, yeah, let me just confirm this for you guys. Uh, NBV is actually 11th in terms, oh my God, from top position to 11th in terms of year-to-date performance. In terms of one-week performance, NBV is up 11.8%. The four-week performance is down 42%. Uh, the only thing that is positive on NBV is the six-month and year-to-date performance, where it's at 2.5 and 22% um, respectively. So it's a little bit of a challenge here. And those other companies that were also very weak performance is Africa. As usual, Africa seems to be racing lower and lower. Last week, it was a, it closed at 0.36. Um, I know most of them were basically just penny stocks, but the concern about this company is really a thing that we're looking into. How are other companies performing? How are other sectors performing? Looking at it even in terms of companies um, in the manufacturing and allied sector, we're seeing um, EABL really coming hot, but at what price? The price is fairly flat at about 180. And we're also seeing other companies, um, BAT, for instance. Other things that I think we'd also want to look at is companies within um, within the, the commercial and services sector. We've seen companies that have for a very long time been dominant within that sector, companies like Scandro. Uh, continuing to post a decline. Scan Group was down 7.5% last week, closing at 4 shillings and 3 cents, which I think is something that I know we are actually, um, we, we are really, really, really trying to be considerate about, but what's really happening in this sector. So even as an investor, at any point when you're looking at the market coming in from a, a positive sentiment, like uh, we, we discussed earlier on, you know, markets are going, markets are rallying, but how many companies are probably pushing that market? Uh, one of the things that I know, and in case for those of you who are joining us for the first time and don't understand how the market um, indices usually perform, the index for the market, the all share index, generally shows the positive, uh, the mood of the overall market, how many stocks are probably gaining. So the gainers might have been more than the losers, but you might just want to check onto your ask just on your portfolio, um, what number of stocks were really on the gaining side and which stocks you have, because this is the point when if you have penny stocks, stocks that are not likely to gain. Uh, or stocks that are probably having posting a decline, this would be the right time when you need to really understand onto those. Otherwise, you might think that the whole market is gaining, and on the other positive, uh, on the negative edge, you might find your, your portfolio is probably on the decline. Look at it from a guy who has NBV, um, Home Africa, Uchumi, and Olympia, and Scan Group. Your portfolio last week might have probably taken one of the worst hits on the market because NBV was down 14%. Home Africa down 12%, Olympia 9%, Uchumi 7%, Scan Group as well 7%. So there's a little, a lot of activity really that's happening within the stock market that we really need to understand before. We can call it short in the market. The index, uh, all of them, remember all these indices are usually um, market cap weighted. So they're market cap weighted and price sensitive. By that, it means that the companies that have the largest market caps on the market would always call would always have um, the moves, you know, they're the ones that a lot of investors would always be looking into. Look at it from an angle of, if, if, say, give or take, look at companies, even, even global markets, Eric. You know, we're seeing companies, most of the time when we're talking about global markets, we have to see what's happening with um, Amazon. We have to see what's happening with Apple. We have to see what's happening with Microsoft. So we're always looking on to the top companies before we come down and look on to the smaller companies. So, it's a bit of um, a long, a long aspect before any investor really comes in at all. But it's also a very interesting angle that we have to look at as investors in the market, on the local market as well. Uh, still, uh, a huge concern for for me personally, Safaricom still having about 
the top five companies holding about um, about 95% of the total market activity. It basically means market. that the remaining companies did almost nothing. Yeah, there are a lot of companies that probably didn't even hit at an over 1 million. That was still a concern. It's a major concern, and, and I think that's why internally we've always, we've always discussed how important it is to give uh, investors access to global markets, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think we are just at the start of something that's uh, quite quite interesting. So um, I think uh, my expectation about the local markets is that in the long run we might uh, we should expect some listings. NSC has been quite active and actively and aggressively looking for companies to list through the Booker program. So hopefully that will turn into something uh, in the near term. NSC said last week that they list some um, some companies, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that was uh, Gold, Gold Class. Yeah, actually, that the, uh, the announcement was made a few weeks back in mm-hmm. the Global Education Forum, yeah. Uh, yeah. the UK Kenya Investment Forum. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, Gold Class, I think, they did some sort of an acquisition of a mining, a gold mining uh, plant uh, locally here. Yeah. So I think there's a way that there's a way that the UK operation is related to the local. So that should be expected around the next month, early September. So hopefully that can divide the market in form of because and and every, you know we also need to do a lot of investor awareness and investor education before uh, gold plus comes to list because we, we we've seen a lot of things that have happened with NSC in the past listing. I think uh, we the first the past like um, four listings on the market have not really been good. Uh, the latest thing, Homeboys, which we're waiting to start trading on Homeboys, I think they said NSC State Q3. Uh, that was last year, and we're hoping for Homeboys to come in onto the market. A lot of things, remember guys, that Homeboys actually, they listed on the market, and the first thing they did was to give guys a profit warning. So it, it, it would really be... <laughs> that that on some... Uh, yeah, a, lot of, a lot of investor confidence. That it's really, uh, things that the NSC really need to build up on before they can you know, proceed to list more stocks on the market. I'm actually looking at stronger companies uh, coming to list. And the NSE, for the first time, we're seeing the NSE actually giving guys um, a price list and giving guys the unquoted securities platform, that's Ibuka. Uh, and I do not know if the NSE is going to look at Ibuka to list only on the unquoted securities platform, or these stocks are likely to come, the companies that we have on the USP, are they likely to be moved on to Onto the onto the main segment um, for the market. But right now, it's only um, Acon, the Acon D rate that has been trading on the imported securities platform mm-hmm. so far, uh, and that really still puts it all the way up to date. Mm-hmm. Uh, the initial plan for Ibuka was that we had these companies and the companies, not we, the NSC guys, the NSC would have these companies for a, a very limited period of time maybe about six months as they plan and then they list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that probably for me I would really be waiting for would be companies like, say, say like Vahel mm-hmm. would probably come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Globetrotter, these are agencies. Man, interesting. You know, you know, Felix. But these <laughs> metropolitan health services. <laughs> I don't know. If you look at this, the NSE's uh, price list, it would really be, the NSC really needs to do a lot to really push these companies into the sector so that they can probably give guys because all, most of these companies are likely to just move into you know the the gem segment for the NSC if they were to come at least. But a lot of things need to be done. A lot of um, a lot of stuff like just giving guys more activity onto the NSC's price list. You know, yeah. like this this information. I see the NSC is doing a lot by making some of this data public. Mm-hmm. But we also need to start looking at the financials for this company. An example is companies like MySpace. We need to just really understand what they're doing in real estate. Are we developing another another company that we know mm-hmm. uh, in real estate that I don't want to mention here today? Uh, but are we developing other companies? With looking at some of the companies under Ibuka, uh, yeah. I think for me, the companies that I will be keenly interested in would be uh, Ashley Kenya. Mm-hmm. I think they deal with the women product. So I think quite interesting. It's, it's 
for me that will be something that hold you confident why 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 are you looking at ashley because you know ashley deals in human products mm-hmm. uh, but we it's have a like huge market we have we have companies like um like flamtree yeah, that Plus is actually also dealing in in beauty products so what are we likely to look into i'm looking at companies like optiven oh my god the challenge with no look not in a bad way but the challenge with some of these related related pure related companies yeah uh, i'm not sure optiven does i don't know i might be wrong but i'm not sure if they do development but uh, i've always known them for buying land and uh, yeah, they buy they subdivide and divide yeah uh, but then how long how long will that business really for an investor i tend you know we are in the tech space right yeah. so i tend to look at companies in terms of they aren't making revenue now but what's the future potential of that company right so one of the companies i'm really looking at is yeah. safaricom investment corporation and i see another related sort of play yeah. uh, so for me not 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 much interest i'll be more interested in um, uh mook africa Uh, they have a platform don't know how their numbers look like don't know what's the future but I'll be more interested because they have a tech play in there um then uh, we have this apt commodities yeah APT. that that would actually yeah. be a company that would be but now apt commodities was li- was listed on to the booker platform mm-hmm. uh was admitted into the booker platform on 31st of january 2019 mm-hmm. it's three years man you know they yeah, go through no, some sort of we are, we are this is a company that by now mm-hmm. at least because we we're almost headed into the completion of the third year mm-hmm. right we we're going to clock three years on january 1st 2022 mm-hmm. we're already in october why can't we have progress with some of these companies if you look into the msc uh, you see that the only company that has really gone through buka and has pulled out uh, into a listing is form mm-hmm. which was actually uh, not as expected mm-hmm. Another thing that I know a lot of us would probably be hoping just to understand guys Tuskies which was admitted into into the Ibuka platform is no longer part of yeah. it's no longer part of Ibuka yeah so interesting if you're hoping to buy Tuskies you're safe yeah, yeah like you're, you're literally safe so um that's one thing that we have to also have a look at uh, we we just want to Sure. Whenever some of these things, like companies drop out of the Booker platform, the NSC I think should just come in and tell guys, uh, company X and Y is no longer part of the Booker platform. But can you imagine what level of investor confidence would have been eroded if Tuskies was to list onto the market? Massive. So that would be massive. Yeah. Just something as well that was good. Maybe before market. before before we leave uh, the Booker program, yeah, part of the USP program by the NSC is. Company that's quite interesting is um, uh, Econ. Uh, Econ, the real estate company, right? Econ Holdings. But but Econ has them. As they want, because you know, you know, a lot of you know, had really apart from the one that's now being held by ICLI on that island, uh, I rate, you know, okay. we've not had a lot of rates listing. So whether it's a D rate, whether it's an I rate, and I'm seeing Econ has both the D rate and the I rate. Which is good for the company, yeah. you know. Yeah. So actually, uh, at least at least it's trading, and like all these other companies which have not moved anything since. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Econ is something worth looking at. Uh, their model is quite interesting in terms of student housing. The occupancy rate is quite high. Yeah, very they have, high. They have very good numbers uh, in terms of uh, their books look good. Uh, maybe the only concern would be on the the debt level. Uh, I think I've taken in a lot of debt to to do yeah, development yeah, of some of the expansion. Yeah. Uh but in terms of cash flow really looks good. It's quite an interesting model. They're getting the money as they expand. Let's yeah. let's say they're getting the money even yeah. as they move. So um Eric now I know we've really dive, we've really dived into the the local market and I know one of the things that guys just want to understand is how how various banks um, performed last week. Uh, in terms of the, the financial results that they were giving out, and also at the same time, a lot of guys would also just want to know how various stocks on the market, um, how the stocks reacted into this uh, release. Cooperative banks really, I think, cooperative banks results, the financials for Cop Bank were one of the lowest uh, in terms of the results were fairly flat at about just about 3.7 percent growth in half year earnings. 
Uh, and for guys who do not understand, I think you need to look out for Copan's two-year results because the NPL that the company has, is still holding sort of massive. Uh, so the provisions that they're actually given for that, the loan loss provision, are still pretty high. So you might just want to check onto that page. Uh, one of the things that I know also we have to look at was equity. Um, equity and KCB seem to be moving head to head. These guys are not giving up on any other asset. Uh, KCB hits the one trillion um, balance sheet, I think, in terms of asset valuation. So that's the first time after equity did that. Equity did that, I think, about three months ago. Uh, was it three months or? Yeah, I think about three, four months back. And now we're seeing um, KCB come in as well. So maybe the thing that is now going to separate equity and KCB would really be onto the financials bit where now investor relations, you know, in terms of price activity on the exchange, is it going to be about the market? The dividend that they give, how is it going to perform for the market? So I know that's one thing that a lot of guys are, are probably just looking into. You know, speaking of uh, the banking sector, mm -hmm. uh, some interesting news that came out over the weekend is that KCB is actually in top stock to follow equity into the, in, in, into the DRC market. Right? Yeah. Next year. yeah. I know you've been following up on KCB and you're a very close friend to Mondi. So tell us, man, what's, what's the plan for this guy? First of all, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, definitely. Um, I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer the fact that uh, KCB was looking at ESPN. Just look at the sheer, look at the sheer, um, Yes, of the opportunity in DRC in terms of uh, it's, a, it's a population that has some thirty percent banking penetration nationwide. Um, it's a it's a it's a Kinshasa the capital has um unofficial numbers which is a population of around fifteen million. Officially, I'm talking that's twice the size of Nairobi. So you can imagine just the, the sheer scale of a small businesses that would try that. We have it has the country is attracting a lot of attention. From uh, from from uh, foreign finances, including you know development funds. In as much as the population is, um, I would say, of a lower living standard measure compared to Kenya, there's a lot of there's a lot of a huge opportunity to look into, especially from the in the banking sector side. So it was, in in my opinion, it was just a matter of time before KCB looks into looks into DRC, and it's only a matter of time. For other small businesses in Kenya are uh, looking to the country. You guys think that we are likely to uh, are we likely to see uh, the larger banks, the West African banks really coming? Because we know um, Access Bank has said that they're looking for ways to get into Central and Southern Africa to expand. I know Access Bank has made a few acquisitions in Zambia. But also, you know, we have to look at um, even um, Standard Bank South Africa. That's the largest bank in Africa in terms of assets. We have to look at uh, Standard Bank. We also have to see other banks like GT Bank. You know, it's a small bank in Kenya, but Africa-wise, yeah, it's, you know, it's a huge bank. You know, I'd like you to enter into this space in, in, in DRC. And do you guys look at DRC as a high-risk, high-return opportunity, considering that some parts of DRC are still actually unstable? Apart from the capital, I mean, we know that... Um, South Southern DRC, is it Northern or Southern DRC? Uh, where, where did they both run? Oh my God, I need to go back to my geography class. But I think some parts of DRC are still pretty unstable. And we just have to really look at a few aspects before we talk about generally having the, the overall um, entrance into DRC. Yeah. You know, look, when you speak of this, uh, when you look at the current scenario, say across the East and Central Africa, compare the, the Central African market and the Northern North Africa, say the North, North, North Eastern part of this particular region. So that's Ethiopia, for example. Where is there more risk? Is it in Ethiopia or DRC? I think Ethiopia has a higher risk. <laughs> what about the population of the country? Even starting with the literacy levels in both countries, you know, 
and you see that the stability of these other countries and then you see Ethiopia's issue is really huge it's more of a continent's problem we most people haven't really had an analysis of this but for me when i'm looking at safaricom's entrance into Ethiopia it's continental man because you're looking at it and it covers a lot of other countries that are likely to be impacted if Ethiopia was likely to have any conflict look at it in in terms of the first thing is, is um, Eritrea would be affected. And remember, the main thing why Eritrea is, in, is highly involved in this is because Ethiopia uses the port of Eritrea, right? And then at the same time, we'll see a lot of um, heat probably as well on... We, we'll, we'll see another heat as well from um, the Kenyan project. There are a lot of projects we're currently doing with Ethiopia. If they focus on to war and stop focusing on the development projects, that will be a problem. The country that might probably be able to gain, and it might not really be so good for them, would be Egypt, considering that they might have holes to poke um, now that Ethiopia probably there's a lot of, there's less activity. They focus on more instead of focusing on the Nile project, and it might actually be a positive edge um, for, for Egypt. But I still think Ethiopia really being hit and the overall effect would have on the economies towards the north. And remember that, could you imagine to a point where the Tigray forces will come in and, because Djibouti is quite a smaller nation, the Tigray forces would actually come in and overtake um, Eritrea and they start controlling the port. That would directly affect the Suez, right? Yes. And once once that, once there's a possibility of affecting the Suez Canal, then we're seeing a continental, we're seeing a global uh, destabilization in, in the global finance and the global trade. So there's still a lot. I know that capacity, and I have overanalyzed it, but looking at it in terms of an example is what the Taliban is currently doing. They they came in and they overtook. Um, um, I I think you just been unfortunately um, again um uh, are we considering Egypt playing the squares we need to we need to opportunity to create a game? So I feel like back, again back to PRC, when we look at PRC, yes, um the literacy levels are comparatively lower. The the income levels and the disposable income available in the population is comparatively lower. But then you see, this is a country that should not. And the beauty of, in my opinion, the beauty of any business um setting up a base in a country that that you're building is that it it gets to intertwine with you know the development of the people and therefore sort of has stronger ties to, to the country itself. So, I'm happy you talked about borders. How many borders does DRC uh, have with, with other countries compared to you know DRC borders Angola, Burundi, uh, Central African Republic, Rwanda, South Sudan, Tanzania, Uganda, Zambia. I think I missed one. It's literally the part of Africa. Come on. Not the finance heart of Africa, yet, not yet. And then, like, and then, then it starts to um, quite a lot of instability in the world. Could be yeah. okay. A lot of risks happening here. I, I, I wouldn't want to. I still want my 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 passport. And when I go to see the pyramids in Egypt, I still want my, my visa, you know, mm-hmm. and granted without any help. So I wouldn't really get on to Egypt, and I would also want to pass by Ethiopia. Definitely, probably using Ethiopian airlines. If, K- if KQ doesn't change its, its strategy, uh, you might want to get that Ethiopian airlines, and you probably go through Bolivia. But I wouldn't want to really hit onto the two countries. But okay. I, would, I would be, I would be very free to hit on Uganda. Yeah. For the guys who really interested in DRC, we are planning a space to break down the opportunity there. The opportunity in DRC is massive, but my my only concern still remains onto the the stability of DRC. Remember that this is a country that has been hit by civil war before, mm-hmm. and there is a possibility it could be hit by civil war if the. Anyway, yeah, the guy who I share with the name definitely has been doing a very good job. You know, yeah, my name's it. Yeah, is President Felix on the other side, and I'm also here. So good stuff for us. Um, so I know I lead during that process when we talk about the opportunities in Egypt in DRC. We could also probably start a few looking at opportunities in Ethiopia, right? Sure. Yeah, we could see because a lot of Kenyan banks have also been interested in Ethiopia. 
But then you see what's stopping most Kenyan banks from Ethiopia is a opportunity, especially with you know um, the developments we've had with the safari consortium and uh, the mobile money license. But then you see what has taken about um, Kenyan banks from directly going into Ethiopia, especially in the initial escalation. Just like most Kenyan banks are holding back on Somalia, not because there isn't enough money flowing around, but then again, it's because of the risks of being tied to money laundry that just emanate from that market. No comments. I still love Somalia as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Ali, I know we, we really had that discussion, and guys, in case you're wondering, we can be able to definitely look into um, keeping in future days, we'll definitely be giving you guys a lot of intel and opportunities that are available in in DRC. I don't know, maybe you guys want to start your trucking business um, to DRC, but you guys need to remember the road network in DRC is one of the worst in Africa. Yeah, uh, a distance of 500 kilometers usually takes guys 11 days. That will just tell you how bad it is. And remember, this is a rain. There's a place where you just have to go through the rainforest. At least I picked up that from my geography class. Uh, now, Ali. Um, yes, of course, I know about the ESP. Just trying it out uh, to get to the, to the optimistic guys. Felix is, Felix is bearish on DLC and I'm bullish, but then we'll sort that we'll out later. All right. Uh, so I guess that's it. Now, Ali. Um, Giving guys a vote on the numbers. I know we were talking about the banks and then we digressed a bit onto the DRC issue. But now to give you guys um, onto the numbers a bit, we talked about cooperative banks giving guys, uh, giving investors a bit of a flat um, return on the market. Looking at it now from the other banks that also released the financials last week, we saw um, KCB Group posted 101.9%, uh, that's about 1 or 2% um, increase year on year in profits for the financial, for the half year. Uh, 2021, uh, we've seen um, KCB Group having the uh, PAT, that's the profit after tax, up about 15.3 billion. Jesus, this is so high from the 7.6 billion. So banks are actually in banks are, are way past the the earnings that they were posting during the, the pandemic. So post pandemic seems okay. Yeah, can we say no? Not post pandemic, pre pandemic. Uh, we're seeing a lot of banks really getting back into a little bit of um, activity and posting returns here. The total interest income for the company was up 13.9% to 47.1 billion. And I think this is also another thing that investors would really just want to have it broken down into them. Uh, and so, Ali, you know, one of the things that I know for you as an investor, you probably just want to talk about is your take on KCB. Do you really think that this would be a bullish um, level for KCB? And also just checking through my ESA app um, this morning is I'm seeing that KCB, uh, I wouldn't say it's still pretty flat, but we are also seeing a lot of demand coming in onto the market. Cooperative Bank is currently the major leader in terms of market activity, the, the top mover with 2.39 million shares moved onto the market. But Ali, you think we're headed for bullish aspect? Eric, you can also check it. I think that let's uh, Eric on Facebook. Just with, with the financials coming out last week, what's your take? Do you think we're headed for a more bullish run onto the market or we're looking for a price correction? Remember, price correction usually happens whenever the price goes up. Mm -hmm. the, the, the corrections on the stock will, whenever the price goes up uh, rapidly, then the market would correct so that it can be able to stabilize at a certain level. Do you think this is what we are probably expecting on the exchange for, for KCB? Let equity be until we touch on themselves, but just touch on KCB. KCB, uh, my personal view is that uh, we should expect a, a short sort of bull run. Mm. Uh, I think what's majorly driven by the numbers. What's, right? what's, what's, your, what's your target price for, for, for KCB? Right now, right now, KCB is up just 0.4%, which is fairly flat for the exchange. But demand is slowly building. We're seeing demand at about 757,000 and supply at about 648,000. The only major trade that have really happened onto the market uh, is 
you know, uh, we, we've seen just one iceberg trade on the market. An iceberg trade is basically just a block trade on the exchange. About 32,400 shares are traded. So this is just one account basically just directly trading with another account on the market. But KCB is up just 0.4%. Now at 47 shares. On account of about 38 movement. Yeah. 809 shares have been moved onto the market so far. Yeah. So do you think that this is a bullish trend? Are we likely to go way back to 50 or this could just be something? Right now it's about 48, Yeah. So I don't expect much. Uh, maybe from the reason, did they, did they release any uh, or announce any interim dividend? No. Equity? No. So, but there's some very good news for equity. You know, James Mongi said that henceforth, going forward, now we don't know when that going forward will be. Uh, equity, equity has gone for the second year without paying dividends. So that would be sad. Uh, but I know that the next financial year, we could expect very good dividends from um, equity. We could probably just hope for maybe, you know, about maybe two shillings and 50 cents for equity for a start. And then it could probably pick up from there, even as we go through this later dates. Yeah. Uh, the improvement in NPL ratio for KCB, I think, is also one thing. That we have to really, it was marginal basically from about 14.8% to about 14.1%. Uh, that's comparing in comparing it to Q1. Yeah, but you think probably this could signal um, a rebound of the economy. Yet, to really, that's not an official call, guys. You really just have to figure that out on your, on your own because there are a lot of data that we have to analyze and probably we're waiting for a lot of stats as well from um, KNBS before we can be able to see the economy. Yeah, for me, I think KCB is going to stay flat at these prices for a very long time, maybe the next two or three months, um, before guys start loading up again in, in anticipation for the full year results. Yeah, so, but we'll, we'll probably just be able to look at it, no, sorry, for the Q3 results. Uh, it, it would be something as well. We, we never know. Companies might start giving guys more, more data, more, you know, more data. Mm-hmm. But that could actually be a dream, right? Not for me, not for today. Now, Eric, we really, really touched on to the local market. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that you guys need to know is that um, the government of Kenya has given uh, an IFP on the fixed income space. There's an infrastructure bond, a 21-year amortized bond, uh, which has been given IFP 2021. That is for 21 years. Yeah, it's IFP 2021. And goes for 21 years. So the the government is looking to raise 75 billion. And we're seeing one of the things is that the coupon rate for this bond is probably the market determined. Um, IFBs are usually very good opportunities because they do not attract a bit of holding tax. And so my outlook this week for the NSC would be a little bit low activity as fund managers probably look onto the IFB, uh, the primary option, before um, the bond is finally brought back into the secondary trading. But at any point, whenever we have bond issues, good ones like IFP, like this one, for instance, then there's a possibility that we might probably see uh, a little bit of a decline in activity of the exchange. We could possibly see the market turnover, um, equities turnover for this week probably have dropped by even as high as 50% because we saw uh, equity turnover for last week was up about 4 billion. So this week, we might probably be expecting something about 2 billion. Or two point around my fair value is probably about two point two or two point eight trillion within that level for this week. But this is something that no as well for you guys onto the market. Yeah. So I guess that's it for the local space. Maybe um, so we have a little bit of what's happening globally. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so we we're done with the local space. If you have any question, get onto the ISA app, there's a discussion platform. You definitely want to give a comment onto the local space. Tell us what your thoughts are um, for the local market. It would be very interesting as well to hear opinions from you guys. Tell yeah. there's something that happened last week. Mm-hmm. I know you guys know. <laughs> only fans. Yes. <laughs> so all of you guys have been watching only fans, right? I've never used to. Oh, like watching <laughs> the company, not the yeah, Yes, uh, follow, following the company oh, closely as a journalist. Yeah, yeah. following the company closely as a journalist. 
Um, so guys, in case you're wondering, we've touched on that today on the HISA newsletter, which we listed this morning. So you can go into hisa.substack.com or check onto our Twitter handle and you'll be able to just see the story that we wrote today, uh, touching on, on the banks, um, on the few things on global markets and also on defense. Um, on defense is a platform that basically gives guys an opportunity to early, um, to interact with adult content. Um, no, no, it's not only adult content. Okay. OnlyFans is a, is a platform that allows uh, content creators in their business to um, share, share content with their fans on a, on a subscription basis. So um, they, would, they would charge, say, uh, $5 for an exclusive, an exclusive show. The company takes away twenty percent of the income, and uh, it's been um, it's grown quite popular with uh, celebrities like Tiger and Cardi B making a killing from from the platform. Well, that's... oh, you don't listen to the music, do you? Okay, oh, I'm not out <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so um, OnlyFans has OnlyFans grew quite quite popular in the pandemic, where um, essential service workers in the commercial sector industry had to go virtual. So what's happening right now is um, banking banking partners are pushing only funds to um, to ban sexually explicit content. Um, could you clarify that? Pretty much of a hot thing. So basically guys what's really happening is this OnlyFans um, is, it's like the Uber of videos where the company gives guys a platform, content creators a platform, and then guys can be able to subscribe. So it's basically just a platform. Now, the only thing here that's happened is OnlyFans has really been popular because of a lot of content, which has, all, which has been um, sexually explicit. The only good thing here that we, are, we actually had is that um, most people knew it, most of the local guys knew it because of that. But if you're looking at the financials, you'd always see that actually there's none. Um, and looking at it, there, there's no, um, Ali, Ali, you call them essential workers. Um, workers in the commercial. Yeah, workers in the sexual Jesus. industry. Uh, and essential workers. Work yeah, yeah. No, they're not essential workers. Others will be given permits. Uh, so, Ali, one of the things that we're seeing here is that most guys, it actually got popular because of such content. But most guys didn't really see that these were not some of the top earners for OnlyFans. Actually, if you're looking at it in terms of in, in terms of content, in terms of guys who are actually um, coming in onto the exchange, sorry, not onto the exchange, onto the platform, then you'd see that a lot of guys, um, like Ali has mentioned, uh, guys like Cardi B are actually the guys who are topping this chart. Mm -hmm. And that technically means that they just need to conform with various regulations. And there are also a lot of other news that were coming in and the possibility of OnlyFans actually looking on to listing. Uh, so there are a lot in terms of either capital raising or listing, whichever comes in. My concern, my, my, my only other thing that I really want to look yeah. at is are they, are they going to be listing on the London Stock Exchange considering that this is a UK-based company? Or would they be looking at other opportunities, like maybe to list onto, um, on, onto the New York Stock Exchange, which would be something interesting. You know, the, the, what what forced them to, to change their policy around uh, the content is number one. When you look at people making investment in so basically people in the venture world, right? There are classes that limit them from investing in uh, uh, this particular industry. The, 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 <laughs> the adult content, yeah, the adult content industry, right? Uh, look, but only if look at it this way: if only fun, if only fans was into that particular space, this could be like one of the fastest growing companies. The only challenge is you grow very fast, but the challenge is you are limited when it comes to raising funds. Should be limited because the space that you are operating in, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so. When uh, one of the, uh, from, from what I've been following online is that some of their payments providers, so in this case, they um, uh, must under this, right? Mm -hmm. they, there's a possibility they can decline to process their payments. 
right? So uh, my thinking is it's an opportunity for them now to, if they want to continue with, with what they are doing, it's an opportunity for them to adopt it, right? Mm-hmm. It work very well. Uh, my biggest, biggest concern is that there are, there are a lot of livelihoods at stake. Mm-hmm. These guys paid over, is it 5 billion to their content yes. creators? Yeah. Right? That's quite massive. And and there are people who are paid up to a million US dollars per annum. Imagine all of a sudden your main income stream of about one million USD. And these were over ten over sixteen thousand people. All of a sudden, your main source of income it's been shut off. So uh, I, I think and and then the, the other thing is that look, only funds, only funds has been built on the model of adult content, right? Now what happens? It's been popularized. Yeah. It's actually built, but it's just been popularized by that. Yeah. So what else do they offer? I know they were talking of uh, they were talking of sort of recruiting other companies. Yeah. Can you say that? I think that they also give guys a lot of opportunities in terms of food recipes and cooking tutorials. I don't think I don't think the only one is really the go-to for cooking tutorials. And unless people are cooking in creative ways that YouTube does not already offer. Anyway, guys, in case you want to be an only fan, don't forget to be Tisa's only fan by downloading Tisa app uh, and probably just getting with And a lot of cool things are coming up. You might want to check out for our newsletter on Sun on Monday next week because we are going to be giving you guys a very important amount of information. So that's one thing that you really just want to do as well. Yes, Jackson, do you want to comment on that? Uh, you, you guys, I, I, I think the only fun story. Uh, well, you know, you know, I had to, you know, I had to come in and and share a few thoughts on that. Yeah, so, sure. Proceed. Yeah, I think my opinion of OnlyFans is uh, so it's it's one it's one of the big platforms or it's one of the better known platforms uh, that are driving the creator economy. Uh, so um, there was the gig economy, which was driven by Uber, DoorDash, you know, your Globos, where ideally you you would rent out your your items or your say your car or your time uh, to make some money uh, you know we work for office space and all of that so that was the gig economy uh, but now we have moved into uh, the creator economy well there was before that there was the influencer economy uh, which was driven mostly by social platforms you know so instagram uh, you know your snapchat which ideally was about exposure getting as many fans as, as, as possible. But now we are on to the third, uh, the third iteration, which is sort of the creator economy. Uh, and when you look at the creator economy, ideally what it is, is someone can be able to uh, earn money from whatever they are doing, whatever skill they choose to share. Uh, and so you have platforms like Patreon, you have OnlyFans, um, you have a lot of uh, other platforms uh, that are geared towards making creators uh, monetize their art or you know their work. So um, it's it's weird that uh, OnlyFans is not an adult. Uh, it's not an adult uh, sort of content platform. Uh, it's actually a creator platform that uh, has all things from celebrities um, to say what uh, all tutorials and all of that thing. Uh, it's just strange that the adult content side of things picked up way, way, way faster than uh, than all the other things uh, or all the other creator uh, sort of um, verticals. Uh, and then that is what it came to be known for. Uh, but if you look at the, the, the volumes, you know, just the sheer volumes that they move, uh, I think they're projecting that in next year they will they, their gross merchandise volume will be about 12B. Uh, and out of that, they'll be able to make uh, you know lots of payouts. Uh, I think they're, they're already 
this year they're they are making about 1.2 billion in, uh, in revenue because they charge between 10 to 20 percent of the creator fees and again if you look at their top earners uh, i think it's only one of the top 10 or top 15 who's actually uh, i think that's mia khalifa who's an adult content star so to speak so you have people like uh, kaita you have your uh, your KDB, you have, you know, you basically have celebrities who are the ones earning the most from, uh, from OnlyFans. So I think there's a huge misconception there. Most of the other stars don't earn much on OnlyFans. I think they, they earn less than a thousand dollars. But it's just that there's quite a lot of that that is shareable, <laughs> that people relate to and think that it's actually another platform. So for me, I think uh, what they are doing is just restructuring because as well, I think, I don't think they even have an, an app because uh, that such content can, can't be allowed to be, you know, to be submitted to say iOS or all of that. Um, yeah, and then, so it's, it's about them now restructuring the business for the long term and just saying, you know what, we are, we are, we are this, there's a misconception about us being an adult platform. So we are really about content creators and then looking at ways to scale and maybe in the, in the, you know, in the near future, we, we shall see an, an IPO from them. But yeah, it's, it's quite an interesting platform. Uh, yeah, so I think I just wanted to share that. Oh, uh, thanks a lot, Jackson, and thanks a lot for sharing the numbers. I can actually see that um, Black China is actually the top earner. Uh, that is according to data from, I think it was Black China. Looks like you know these guys. I don't know who Black China is, but looking at it from data, Black China is actually the top earner uh, from um, OnlyFans. But anyway, guys, remember, you guys are my OnlyFans. Yeah, so don't forget about that. And I'm also your OnlyFans. No, you can. You're allowed to have a lot of fun. Never forget about that as well. Um, one of the things that I'd want us to mention in, I know um, we're probably running out of time, but one of the things that I would also want us to mention, and we can let this go because this is continental, guys. Last week, we saw the Johannesburg Stock Exchange move $9.7 billion worth of transactions in one single day that is not the problem while that was the largest turnover for the jsc in 15 years the challenge was that that level of turnover affected that was on tuesday and it affected the next trading day which was wednesday now on wednesday the jsc had to open late because of liquidity and settlement issues which were caused by the transaction a day earlier would happen if if Safaricom would move an equivalent of would would probably have I don't know what 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 the NSC would keep. Come on, our turnover hits two point our market capitalization is two point nine trillion and we have news everywhere from NSC. Ali can you guys imagine if we had okay first of all I know we cannot be able to get to that level of turnover. Monday, yeah totally for fiction guys but $9.7 billion. But there was a massive transaction. Yeah, there was a transaction between um, NASPAS and the parent and, and the company, the Amsterdam company. What's his name? That was between NASPAS and that, that was for a delay between NASPAS and, and, and Process. So, uh, yeah. The company that holds is taking Tencent. Now, the challenge was this. First of all, guys were not able to transact uh, because um, Tencent shares were declining in China, and then guys wanted to really sell and exit their position way early in the morning. So this is what usually happens on the market, guys. Whenever there is bad news on the market, then investors would always be able. Investors want to exit early in the morning before the before the news would reach a wider scope. So guys would always want to exit um, early. So that they can be able to at least minimize their losses before the the, the floor of the stock or yeah or the ceiling okay the ceiling is always good but before the floor of the stock is actually reached the market limits guys always want to exit as early as possible 
Now, what's happening is there, were, there was negative news um, in, in China and guys wanted to exit. Guys wanted to sell NASPAs and guys were not able to sell. Uh, there was a delay on trading for on the JSC, I think from about the usual opening time, which is 9 a.m. all the way to, I think, about 2.30 when the JSC finally opened. Still a lot of activity as well. Now, I know a lot of eyes turned south for investors and I know... Um, guys would probably just want to look into it. Ali, what, what was your take and what are you looking into happening for the JSC this week? Uh, and Eric also joining in. Do you think that we're likely to experience likelihood of this activity, this level of activity onto the local, um, on, onto various markets, mostly on the continental market? Um, for now, we're really hoping that Safaricom Ethiopia would one day list onto a market and then we see such transactions. Uh, when when the parent company wants to swap their shares with Vodacom or Vodafone, then we can see such transactions. We really can see the transaction in the swap of the thirty five percent. Ah, the thirty five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Vodacom and Vodafone. Yeah. yeah, but also I think that one of the last the last time we had a huge transaction for the market was when we had um, when we had Rubies, uh, the shares of Rubies and Canal trade on the market when Ruby says yes, now had the shares from the B World guys. Yeah, that was the last time when the turnover hit about 3.4 billion in a single trading day. Yeah. About 239 million shares were moved on that day. I remember it like it was a vivid vision that is coming into my mind. I was sitting there on trade and then you just see sure, sure. You know. Yeah, so those are some of the ice cold trades that we see, the deal that we have on the market. Oh, another thing I read, the ice cold trade is where the ice cold you can see the tip. Mm-hmm. Interesting bit about some trades. We should definitely have a talk about this. Yeah, um, globally, I think one of the stocks that we're looking on to this week, we're probably looking on to, we're, we're likely to see a lot of activity onto the, the banking, um, the banking industry generally. I know a lot of companies, a lot of guys are looking on to uh, the big banks uh, like JP Morgan because uh, I think on Thursday, this week, we're seeing uh, the meeting for the Fed. That's the Jackson's Hole uh, in, in Wyoming. We're seeing the, the meeting which is set for Thursday, and we're probably going to wait for the minute to see if the Feds will pick on to start doing that up again. Yeah, yeah it would be interesting just to see on how that would affect other markets as well. Remember that the minutes that came in um, earlier was that the minutes that came in last week, which showed the Fed meeting for July, actually indicated that the Fed wa- was actually proposing to start separate. Would be interesting though to just have on to this. So we can probably have this discussion. We can pick up from there next week early, right? Yeah. Seeing just how the tapering thing, if it comes in on Thursday to Saturday, how will it affect markets? Yeah, it would be an interesting bit for us to get it onto the market. So I guess that's it for us, guys. Uh, thank you all for joining today's session of Markets Monday. Uh, any last words from the gentleman, Eric? And Ali? Mm-hmm. Nothing much. Uh, thank you for asking. all our listeners, uh, fans of uh, a lot of good things coming. Uh, so, you definitely want to wait for a newsletter on Sunday. Yeah, on, on Monday morning, you'll just be refreshing your browser. So, you can either subscribe onto Hisa and just have it with you so that. Whenever it comes in, it comes directly to your email, but something good is happening next weekend. Ali? Um, as we say, um, we are on the phone. Download the email from Apple and Android. Um, Let's keep the conversation going. Right. Okay. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks, guys, for joining in. Um, it's a very sunny day in Nairobi. Um, if it's cold wherever you are, you might want to come to Nairobi. It's been very cold in Nairobi. So if I'm telling you guys it's sunny, you definitely want to join in so that you can be able to get some warmth. So that's it, guys. Thank you all and see you guys again next week. Bye-bye.